Hello and welcome to episode 181 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley. And finally, we're back and I'm joined by Bryson and Jacob. Uh, I guess a little bit more optimism going around right now. I don't know. Bryson, last night you seemed a bit more optimistic than we usually are about the state of baseball these days. But guys, how are you? Doing good. Yeah, we're near the end of February. Uh, camps are supposed to be open by now, but uh, it hasn't been good. Like the last time we spoke, I think since then, there's been absolutely not no progress at all. But um, we we heard what Jeff Passan tweeted last night, and it appears we will finally get an answer on the season next week. So that's kind of relieving as well because all winter we've been speculating and within the next 10 days we will know for sure what the deal is. So I'm kind of happy about that and I remain optimistic I do. Okay. You'll love to hear it. Jacob, how are you? See, I'm I'm not optimistic at all. Here's the thing. I'm anticipating a response, but at this point I I don't expect it to go either way. I think at this point it's likely the season is proceeds as normal it's also likely that it doesn't i mean meeting every day unfortunately could mean something i don't know it's it, it's such a weird thing especially because we went like two months of absolutely nothing but i think the the set the, the most like irritating part for me i think is i have a a widget on my phone showing me all the teams that i follow and like when their next game is and i accidentally scroll to the blue jays and i see february 26 uh, a toronto versus minnesota game and i'm like yeah we probably can just forget about that one so it's yeah definitely a little bit unfortunate to see spring training kind of in an iffy spot right now but it's progress they're going to meet every day at least so let's just hope for the best yeah i think if you're looking for anything to be optimistic right now it's the fact that they are hopefully as reported by jeff passon starting to meet every day as soon as monday and i think um i was listening to i think it was blair and barker on sportsnet and they were talking with a um, collective bargaining expert who was saying like basically and and this guy had been involved with previous negotiations between the league and the players association he said basically until they start talking every day um, there's no chance of a deal getting done because um, as, as you get closer to a deal being done you start to talk every day and you're working around the clock and you're negotiating constantly to figure this thing out so until you get to that point you are so far away from having negotiations conclude. So thankfully we're getting to that point and hopefully over the next, you know, 10, nine days as that amount of time ticks down until the February 28th deadline, we can actually see some progress and hopefully get a deal. Um, that's kind of where we stand right now. Um, there's still a lot of frustration. They're still very far apart. And um, really, if you look at where we were at December 1st, we're pretty much in the exact same spot come Monday. Maybe then we start to progress, but um, until then, nothing has changed since the lockout started. So that's the flip side of being optimistic about things starting again. But yeah, it's frustrating to look at the deadline of February 28th and the fact that that's 10, day, 10 days away and we should already be seeing um, pitchers and catchers reporting. We should already be seeing these guys start spring training games. And instead, we are so far removed from that. So um, I'm also hopeful that the Super Bowl being over, it is baseball season now. So I think more people are paying attention to baseball than previously. So I think there's more pressure on the owners and players to get a deal done. But yeah, it's mixes of optimism and pessimism everywhere if you're following baseball right now. Yeah, and the number one thing that I saw after the Super Bowl, I don't go on Twitter a ton, but after the Super Bowl, the number one thing I saw was essentially tweet saying 
oh, it's baseball season, and then like dot dot dot. Oh wait, I guess there's no baseball season yet, or and, and it's it shows that people, at least the hardcore fans, do want this league to return, and I'm sure everybody does. But the number one thing is now, okay, guys, get your stuff together. It's it should be your turn. Like as the as these birds keep chirping outside my window, as the leaves start to change, it's time for baseball to start. And I don't really know what, what's taking the owners and the and the players association so long. I mean, I get it; everyone wants to have the best the best outcome for their side. But at at some point, it's gonna kind of like at some point you're gonna the losses that you're gonna incur over missing games are going to outweigh any potential miscue in a deal. And I'm not saying that you intentionally weaken your position just so you have a season, but you're kind of at the point now where like everybody knows it's baseball season or it's it's expected to be baseball season now, especially if you're in Canada, you're a Blue Jay fan after last season. Like this is a time when you're really like the hype for this team is really almost at an all time high at this point. Like people really expect this team to do well. And they just hear absolutely nothing for two or three months. And I get it. It's the off season. You're not going to hear much anyways, but we're hearing literally nothing. And all you can hope for is that this deal is made because once spring training starts, once you're able to see those highlights on social media, once you're able to book tickets, do all those things, it's it's going to bring a lot to this game. It's going to bring a lot back. All you can hope is that it, this isn't something where it just drags on and drags on. And we're in, I mean, we're almost at the end of, we're, at the end of February, you hope that this doesn't lead into March and then it's okay. We have two weeks to get everybody to spring training, get everybody to sign. And like you can condense spring training, but there are a lot of other aspects to it that you kind of can't just throw into that two week mix or, or whatever the mix is. And I just, now that the sports world to some extent has quieted down a little bit it's really just baseball and and uh or hockey and basketball i wish it was baseball but the nhl and the nba at this point like it's time for baseball to i think to really get their things back together and all we can hope for is i mean maybe monday morning maybe tuesday some type of deal be made and then all i can imagine is those couple days or however long it is before spring training and before everybody starts to report I wonder how absolutely ridiculous the free agent market's going to be because I mean look what it was right before the the December 1st deadline it was ridiculous and you, you know you had guys signing ridiculously large contracts 7 8 years the rumors were off the charts like I can only imagine that's going to pick right back up and the anticipation of that is very exciting all we need is for that gate to open and say okay now you guys can sign you can play Let's just hope that it eventually gets there because it's it definitely is a little bit boring not being able to to hear anything about this league. Jacob, you said something in there that I disagree with. You said that the cons of missing games outweigh the pros for both the league and the players, and I'm not sure that's true. I think the reason why they're so willing to miss games and why we haven't seen anything is because both sides kind of want to miss games. And that's what worries me about this. Maybe not both sides. Maybe it's just, you know, a pissing match between Tony Clark and Rob Manfred. But that's my concern. I don't think they view the cons as outweighing the pros of missing games. I think they view that as one of their biggest bargaining chips for both sides, that neither side wants to miss games. But it's just not true because both sides is angling to use that to their advantage. So that's one of the reasons why I'm still concerned about this. And I think if you look at everything that's riding 
on this CBA. Like these are changes that have the potential to impact the league decades down the line. You look at that 1994 CBA and the negotiations that happened then, the decisions that were made then and the things that were implemented in that CBA, whether it's a luxury tax, whether it's something else, those have come back to bite the players in the butt for the next two plus decades. So I think when we talk about the CBA and the cons of missing a couple games outweighing the pros of getting what you want in the CBA, I'm not sure that's entirely true because I think the league and the owners ha- uh, and the players have a lot riding on this because it's it has a potential for changes to impact the league years and decades down the line. Yeah, if it's just a few games, fair enough. But I think if you're and I I don't expect this to be the case, but if you're missing a month or two months of the season, that's I think what I was referring to. And you miss way too long. Like absolutely, there are things that do need to be worked out, and missing a couple games might be worth it. But if you're missing a couple months. Or you know, even a couple weeks to a month at 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 minimum. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to throw the towel in and not really come back to baseball. And yeah, you can acquire fans again, but I think if you're missing a good portion of your season because of a reason like this, there are going to be a lot of people that say, "Really? Like th- the whole point of this was about money." And then it's like, "Okay, well, we're going to sacrifice money for games, and we're going to sacrifice the fans just to keep a little bit, you know." Uh, more entwined in the in the back end of things but no if it's just a few games fair enough or I'd say like a week to two weeks at most but if it's anything more than that then I think at that point it's like okay guys that's that's kind of against the point even if there are outcomes that do benefit the league for many years I think I'm more with Mark on this one just because we've seen this and we're so close to these deadlines and the one thing that everyone was anticipating at the start was or I guess expecting, and both parties are expecting it from one another, is who's gonna, who's gonna cave? And we've gotten to the point where nobody has, which is why Mark makes sense in that theory, and I do think it's legitimate. I think um, one Twitter account I followed was a, I think interviewed a current agent, and his and right as the lockout started, this agent I can't remember who it was, just off the top of my head, but he told his players in a text, "See you on Flag Day." That's June fourteenth. I wouldn't. I think missing months is definitely something that's realistic. It's not out of the question, believe me. It, it um, and I don't. None, none of us want it to happen, but missing a week or two is obviously realistic. But if you're talking months, that's not impossible either. So that's why I do kind of agree with Mark on this one. And it's just that nobody's caved. And the one thing that's been holding this back, and I guess the one thing that Rob Manfred said that I actually agree with from his press conference last week was. They are one breakthrough away, and that's the expectation. Once they get the ball rolling, it's pretty much you know, a couple things to tweak at the end, and they're good. And we all know what the main problem has been, and it still remains, is the core economic issues. It's the CBT, which is the, um, the pretty much the something regarding the luxury tax and teams that exceed it, the tax they have to pay, all of that. And then there's the new idea that they're implementing, which is the pre-arbitration pool, and to sum things up for people who have no idea what I'm saying, it's pretty much the goal from the PA for younger players to get paid earlier. And I think that's long overdue. I really do think so, which is why you look at what the union has been fighting for since December. And I said it last night on my Instagram account. It's hard to it's hard to disagree with them. And it's it's um, it's just hard to see, you know, why they're not doing this. Or what I'm trying to say, if that doesn't even make sense, is 
I understand what they're doing. And I really do agree with the fact that younger players deserve to get paid. And that's been a problem with the sport for years. And Mark, you're going back to 1994 when you spoke about it. The union now believes, and pretty much, I guess, it could be true based off of facts, is that these previous CBAs that they've signed, they've been on the opposite end of the the, uh, the spectrum. They haven't been getting the fair play that they, or the good faith that they truly think they deserve. And with this CBA in particular, this has been building up for months, a couple of years now, going back to pretty much 2020 is when we first kind of saw the, uh-oh, look out. And we spoke about it many times. Is They are fighting for everything, and they're not going to back down. And I give them credit for that because clearly the players want to play. Nobody's questioning that. But if they do have to miss games, and I'm sure the end, of course, the owners wouldn't, I don't think, would care as much either. If they're going to miss games, they're going to miss games. And that's the problem. What we've seen is nobody is backing down and there's been no progress. To give you an example, um, pretty much with the pre-arbitration pool, that's the new idea that was implemented. The MLBPA actually increased their offer a couple days ago. They raised it to, I think, $115 million. And to give people a difference of how far apart they are, the MLB requested for $15 million. $115 million compared to $15 million. That pretty much sums it up. And it hasn't moved since December 1. So, And the problem, too, is I think a lot of people are kind of you know, looking into the length of the meetings too much. I think that was something that I think it was John Heyman that brought it up. And I completely agree also because the union has pretty much flat out said that they are not negotiating at the session. They're presenting their offer and that's the offer. And then both sides go back and reconvene with the others. The problem has been, and Mark, you mentioned it, they haven't been meeting constantly. Like there's been weeks of gapness and you go back to when this started in December, there was a whole, I think it was 43 days without any word from each other. That's what's been holding them back. But again, it further supports the point that maybe both sides do agree that they're this close once they get the ball rolling to get a deal done. It does make sense if that's pretty much the case, but there's a lot going on here still. And I said at the beginning of the podcast is I'm happy there's going to be some sort of answer within a week, even if that means missing games. I'm glad we don't have to speculate and speculate, even though we're going to have to continue to say, when's it going to end? I just want to know for sure what's happening within the week. And I think also, and Jacob, I think about you every time I see this now, is the expanded playoffs. And I think that one of the best bargaining chips that was reported last night is that that's what the MLBPA is going to use next week, saying if we're not getting a full season with full compensation, forget about expanded playoffs in 2022. And we know how much the owners want that. I think that's a very interesting piece that's going to be a crucial kind of topic at the meetings. And you, you have to imagine with 10 straight days of meeting that there's going to be some sort of breakthrough, some sort of movement. So, I mean, we haven't seen any of that throughout the last couple of months, which is why it's hard to be optimistic, obviously. But at the same time, when players, and they're not meeting over Zoom, when owners are going to be flying to the, the union offices in New York, when they're going to be meeting face-to-face every day, you have to imagine they're going to make some sort of progress. So that's why... I'm very, everyone's kind of intrigued, and it's pretty much the biggest, I guess, week of this lockout coming up is what's going to happen, and it's very crucial because the one thing we also have learned from previous work stoppages in any sport is that until there's a clear deadline, there really isn't that much movement, and we know what the deadline was that the MLB gave the MLBPA February 28th, and yes, you can delay spring training, but the window here is very thin. You can only push it a couple days. I think Jeff Patson said March 3rd would be the absolute latest for the MLB to try and figure something out for the season to start on time. And as much as you can delay spring training, what you were saying, Jacob, 
you can only delay it so much. These players need four weeks to get going. And um, if they're not given the proper time to get ready, you see the injuries. And I think that was a big pretty much topic in 2020 was all the injuries that did happen, especially with pitchers. But unfortunately, they didn't have much time to prepare. You look at that, that could be a disaster if they're playing pretty much a full season or anything close to 140 games and above. That's why we're really getting down to the wire here. And um, you just have to, I guess at this point and throughout the entire winter is you got to be optimistic here. But it's just the part that really concerns me is the example I gave beforehand about the money differences is that they're not even close. And that's why I do wonder, like, what do they think is going to make things, what's going to be that breakthrough point for each side here? And that's why we're going to find out, I guess, within the next 10 days. So I'm still optimistic. However, a part of me still questions what really is going to be accomplished here, but it's going to be hard for them to accomplish nothing if they're meeting every day constantly within the next 10 days. Here's my thoughts on the two money figures that we have that you mentioned. You mentioned the the, the pool of money for pre-arbitration players, which is MLB is offering $15 million. The, the players want $115 million for that. And then the other number figure that we have from the proposals is that um, MLB wants the minimum salary to be $630,000 a year, and the MLBPA wants it at $775,000 a year. I think those are the two key numbers in all of this because that's pretty much the only numbers that we've been hearing about. Like we've heard about the competitive balance tax. We've heard about other stuff like that. But I think these two numbers are now what the negotiations seem to be revolving around. So I think speaking as someone who has no experience in collective bargaining, but um, from the outside looking in, I think over the next 10 days as we see these negotiations accelerate, what we would love to see is for concessions to be made on these two numbers. I think this is kind of the currency that's going to be used to measure other concessions. So, you know, um, the Players Association might say, um, we're willing to give you expanded playoffs, give the owners expanded playoffs, if you bump up your offer to, say, $40 million a year for the pre-arb pool. Then the owners say, we'll bump up our offer to $60 million if you agree to not increasing the competitive balance tax a lot. So I think this is kind of the currency that we might see with MLB making concessions, the MLBPA making concessions, and hopefully them coming closer together on these numbers. Um, Whether it goes that way or not, who knows, but hopefully that's how it progresses over the next week, week and a half. And like you said, whether it's good news or not, we're going to have an answer by, they say the deadline is February 28th, probably more like March 3rd, as you mentioned, we're going to have an answer by then. And it does not surprise me at all. I guess it surprises me a little bit. It disappoints me, but it doesn't surprise me. The fact that there haven't been any real negotiations up until this point, because like, it's just psychology. Like if you're doing an assignment and it's due at midnight on Friday, odds are you're not going to start it until Friday morning or later in the day, Friday. So it doesn't surprise me that the the owners and players are pushing this to the absolute last minute. Um, disappointment, yes, but it doesn't surprise me. Oh, no, absolutely. I think I, I said this whenever – I don't remember when it was because we've had so many labor podcasts in the last couple months. But I said I predict that like March or whatever like the date is, if it's February 28th or if we do end up getting March 3rd, it's going to be like an hour before the deadline. And that's just unfortunately how it is and. I think the reason that I said that was because, like, say there's no there was no agreement on uh, what was it Friday or Thursday, 
you can still go back and debate on Monday or today on Friday. Like you can still go do that. But if you don't debate or if you don't have an agreement on that final day before the deadline, the the anticipated response is obviously or, or outcome is that you can't make a deal or it's not as easy because now you have to delay things and whatnot. So very simple. It, th- that's probably how it's going to end up going. And it, it's disappointing. I, as much as I'm not surprised at all, like this is exactly how I expected it to go. It is saddening because, uh, you know, I'm a baseball fan and I don't want to just hear absolutely nothing for f- what I don't even know how many months it's been now, two or three, maybe even four. Like it's not good, but at least, you know what you mentioned, the whole bargaining uh, kind of scenario. It is at least like that, that seems rational and as we've seen, the league and the Players Association can sometimes be the opposite of rational, but at least what you can see here is that there is there are negotiating chips and saying, okay, well, we want this, we want this, even though we're on two different sides, we can at least intertwine at least a little bit, and both sides are going to have to give a little bit. You know, if the players want uh, 100-plus million and the owners want 100, or what was it, 15 million, Obviously, both of those sides are going to have to cave a little bit because you can't be that far apart and get exactly what you want. But eventually, they're going to have to cave a bit. But I don't think that it's going to be enough to the point where they're not going to make a deal or that they'll let that get in the way. Because you can, like, if you cave a bit and you say, okay, we'll give you 50 million, but we want X, Y, and Z. Like, I feel like that can at least be a way for them to negotiate. And at this point, I think a lot of fans, like, I agree with the pressure that the fans are putting on the owners uh, and, well, both sides really at this point because everyone just wants baseball, but I feel like the owners are also feeling it at this point or both sides are feeling it. They're like, okay, we kind of need to make a deal here. And I'm not saying that, you know, harassing people on Twitter is a good idea. I don't actually advise that. But uh, I do see, like, I see the people expressing their displeasure and expressing that they just want a deal. And they're like, I don't care, make a deal. I think that the owners, the players, everybody in the sport sees this and hopefully that aids into this and they're not just saying, okay, well, whatever, we're an independent organization, we can do whatever we want. Like, no, this is something that is going to impact people that want to watch your sport and this week will be a big week for baseball. I mean, or next week really is this weekend, so the next 10 days, it's going to be crazy. Let's just hope that a deal is made very quickly. I mean, it may be Monday morning, Monday afternoon, we can see something, and then that would be, I think, the best case scenario. But unfortunately, I do predict, I don't even know when the 28th is. Like, that seems as if it's, I think it's like next Monday or something, or the Monday after, but we'll probably be hearing something, yeah, 10 days. So we'll probably be hearing something around then, and the players will have that week really to start spring training, sign deals, and honestly, it could be a very crazy time. It could be like what we saw before the the lockout, but at this point, I think all eyes are just on get a deal done, negotiate. Both of you sides are going to have to cave a bit, but just get it done because there's only so much more we can wait. And really, for a lot of these guys, there's only so much that they can... I mean, players can, in theory, afford not working, but there's only so much that these guys are not going to want to work because when you you want a job and it's just... All you can hope is that this is over very soon and we can go back to baseball. The one thing um, I think none of us really thought of either when we made our prediction was that we weren't expecting the spring to be delayed. Like we were expecting this to be done before the spring. We didn't really take into consideration that they can afford to skip a couple weeks of spring training. So 
I guess we're going to all, all be wrong just because of that reason alone. But, you know, you just look at it and, yeah, I mean, you were talking about how there needs to be more, not, you know, I guess middle ground. There needs to be more flexibility. And I think that was pretty much that was reported yesterday that the MLB has kind of hinted that they are willing to be more flexible with their offers. But pretty much all winter, they've been stands like pretty much steady on the same thing over and over again, saying they're not budging on this, they're not budging on that. We've seen the PA change a few things like I was mentioning at the beginning with the pre-arb uh, money they dropped it actually from it was originally 105 105 million they dropped it to 100 and then they raised it to 115 because they were changing the percentage of players who are eligible for super 2 status so that's they're you know they're making it you know some tweaks along the way but the the one thing as much as it if it's beneficial or not for the owners is that the owners haven't been doing that at all they've been saying this is that this is that and I think the current percentage right now of Super 2 status is 22%. And MLB said, we're not moving that. And, um, you know, you know, ML- the MLBPA, however, has dropped it from 100 to 80%. So you're seeing a little bit, you know, the I guess the PA is trying to fix it a little bit, unless this is all part of, obviously, Negotiation 101. But, you know, you, you want to see more of that. And, of course, next week, you, you hope that's the case. And with the owners, too, as much as... Some owners obviously look at it as an investment, a business, and whatsoever. There's still a number of owners that I think care a, a lot a lot about the game. And that is why most likely those owners who are flying to New York next week are probably the ones who would prefer games to be played. I think, I don't know the exact number, I think it's about eight owners that are going to New York. It's around five to ten, and maybe even more. But, you know, that's the problem, is that as much as there's some owners who are being you know, steadfast on some things and just looking at it as baseball is just a business and they could care less what fans think, you know, we're obviously suffering from this as fans and, you know, they obviously don't really think about it that much, which sucks because the game deserves a lot better and we deserve a lot better as fans because of that. And we just, um, we've been pretty much been at the, the bitter end of it all winter. And the one thing that worries me for our show too is, what are we going to talk about if they completely if they continue to delay the season as have as we haven't been struggling enough throughout the offseason to figure out some stuff to talk about that's another thing i look at and i'm like uh oh but you know the other thing too is when this does end whenever it will be could be 10 days could be april could be may it's going to be weird and just to see the free agency and how it's going to work because we haven't you know we haven't been through a labor stoppage for baseball in our lifetime 1994 was the pretty much the worst one where they lost everything. They've lost a whole season before. They've lost playoffs before, and this is something that we're going through. I mean, we've we've ex- witnessed labor or work stoppages in other sports, but with the, baseball alone, baseball's di- a different game with their free agency and all of that and the money. And that's why I really do anticipate. If you want to put a baseball twist onto this, is I really don't know what to expect with these rumors and signings, and you know, people showing up mid camp, mid spring training. It's going to be really bizarre to see. And, um, I, you know, I look at it in, in a positive way and I try and make it a positive for when this ends is that when it does end, it's going to be just as or if not more crazy than the lockout or prior to the lockout beforehand, because we know that last week was absolute mayhem for baseball. We've never really seen that within the last couple of years, people signing in almost November, December. You're usually people sign around now in February, right before spring training. And you're gonna, you might see even more craziness afterwards. So that's the positive positivity and the optimistic side of me looking afterward. However, that can't come true if there's no deal. So we need signs of life this week. We need to hear good news. We can't just hear 
The meeting has begun. The meeting has ended 15 minutes later. And then the typical Jeff Passan, there was no deal. Of course, there was never going to be a deal. <laughs> it just seems like a whole time loop. And that's what's really gotten to me now. And it's really starting to bug me, especially three months later. So that's got to end. There needs to be some sort of signs of life improvement from somebody to report it. And um, that's pretty much where we're at right now. And I mean... Other than that, there really hasn't been much going on in the baseball world. There's been a couple rumors here and there. We know yesterday there was a report about the Jays being heavily interested in the starting pitching market. Uh, Taylor uh, Maley, to be exact, uh, from the Cincinnati Reds, a team that would probably have to or would have to trade him. He's a free agent in 2024. So I look at it too from the Jays. Is this going to sustain after the lockout? I really don't know what's going to change. There was the Juan Soto report, which was huge, that he turned down that money. However, is it really that surprising? And Mark, I know we had this conversation that we obviously aren't surprised. Jacob, we had a little bit of a fun debate about who's better between him or, or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So we had a couple things come out, um, you know, that's non-labor related, but there hasn't been much. And that's pretty much, I think, the only kind of stuff that's really been new throughout the game. So it's getting dry very fast in terms of all the this news. And um, you got to be optimistic. And again, we're going to know in 10 days. And that's, I think the best part about this for me is that we will have a clear answer. And that's why I'm, I guess, looking forward to it in a way and remain optimistic. They can figure something out. I can't even bring myself to like, look up Taylor Maley's Tyler, Taylor, his stats. Like I, I just don't have the appetite for any of that right now. I can't bring myself to get excited about the Blue Jays potentially signing what I've heard to be is a good starter because we're so far away from anything remotely involved to baseball that I can't even bring myself to get excited about that. Yes, we did have a fun conversation about Juan Soto and Vladi, and obviously, as I'm sure everyone would agree, Juan Soto is a better player. Um, but yeah, like I can't even bring myself to talk about any of that or get excited about any of that because we're so far removed from baseball. Um, I do want to mention just one thing that I think perfectly encapsulates this whole negotiating process and how broken it has been. Um, right now you can option a player unlimited amount of times within, I think it's the first three years of service time. You can option them unlimited amount of times until they run out of options um, after their third year in the majors. Major League Baseball proposed to the players to um, institute a cap on how many times you can option a player within one season. Major League Baseball proposed five, which I think is a good starting point. But just to give you a picture of how dysfunctional these negotiations are, instead of countering with the natural number of the MLBPA saying, no, we want three, so then you can kind of naturally settle at four in the middle, four options per year. And that's just a nice, tidy negotiation. The Players Association countered that offer by saying we want four options a year. Like, <laughs> how do you, I don't know, I'm on the player's side in this, but how do you screw that up so much so that, I don't understand. I don't understand, and it's frustrating, but I guess we'll end this podcast with asking you guys, I think we should predict what day do you think opening day will be on if you had to bet money on when opening day will be what day will it be bryson you want to go first because i uh i need to figure out when opening day actually is scheduled uh, so opening for. day is march 31st right now and I, i'll go first but yeah um i was the most optimistic one at the beginning 
and I feel like I'm betraying myself if I turn my back on that. I'm going down with the ship. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna start on time. I say March thirty wow. first. I I have to like. I, I it would be. I feel like I'd be a coward if I turn my back on this. But the part of it, I'm not just doing it for that. I do think it. There is a legitimate chance that they can make significant ground, and we know how quickly they anticipate. It just takes one thing, and once the that core economic issues that you specifically uh, pointed out, once that's laid out, they're 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 on the runway they're they are gone everything else is pretty much tweaking here and there we know that the universal dh has already been agreed to everything else is going to come easy after that it just takes one significant meeting we're so close and if they're going to be meeting every day i like my chances march 31st book it i don't mean to be a downer but uh i'm gonna predict so march 31st is a thursday i'm predicting in a week from then so the next thursday march or april the 7th most likely when we're going to see it, the, the season begin. And I'm just expecting that there's probably not going to be a deal February 28th, most likely March 3rd, you know, push it back a few days. And a week's really not that bad. You know, I mentioned earlier, if if you're pushing it back a couple days to two weeks max, but I'm saying one week here, that's not as bad as, you know, pushing it back a couple months. But uh, I do think that it's not going to be as smooth as we all expect it to in terms of negotiations, I still think there's going to be a deal done within the next two weeks, you know, so 10 days, I'll push, I'll push it a couple days to 14. So two weeks, I do think that there will be a deal within that time. But as I mentioned earlier, there's more than just playing spring training games that has to be navigated through. You need to sign guys. You need to actually get to the spring training facilities. You have to, after spring training, you know, you have to make your roster cuts, yada, yada, yada. We all know what happens, but it's not just, we need to play 20 30 games whatever it is like there are more than just that to have to deal with and so i do think that there's going to be a couple days delay from when the actual cba is signed and then unfortunately that'll result in a week's delay of the season i'm gonna put opening day at may 8th um and here's why jacob i don't think that's possible i don't think it's possible to miss one week of the season i think as soon as we are in the position where we're missing one game. It's already automatically five, six weeks gone because both sides at that point, once you start talking about cutting out the revenue of the regular season, both sides are going to be digging in their heels. They're going to say, we can't walk away from this negotiation because we've already lost so much. So we need to go all in and we need to get everything we want. So I think both sides are going to be digging in their heels. Once we get to the point of losing games, losing money for both the owners and players. And uh, that's why I say May 8th, because I don't think you can have one, two weeks that you miss and then get back on the horse, no problem. I think once you miss one game, it's five, six weeks minimum, which is depressing. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, May 8th is where I'm putting that. How many games is that, May 8th? What is, is that around, that's got to be around 140, 150? Yeah, I think that'd be about... 25 to 30 games missed per team. Yeah, so, so around 140, kind of. 140, 135. That's yeah. still a legitimate season, obviously. Yeah. And I do think that. I think if they are going to miss time, like, I think it is going to turn into a month. Like, I it, like what's the point if you're going to miss a week, right? So that's why I do kind of agree with your uh, theory on that. But yeah, I mean, we're the, the best part, we will know the next time we record, we are going to find out for sure. And that's the best part about this. So, I'm happy about that and um I respectfully hope 
I'm correct. I, I think you guys all hope I'm correct. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, this this next week is crucial. Yeah, it's going to be a little. I feel like it's going to be really ridiculous. We're going to just out of nowhere. We're going to like we've all seen how the the Twitter world kind of blows up after a meeting. I, it's probably just going to be like that, but times ten. You're just going to see tweet after tweet after tweet, and you know what? I, I'm I'm predicting this right now, and it's not really a hot take or anything. But I am predicting there's going to, and I'm only saying this because I fell for this so many times in December or in November, towards the end of November. There's going to be someone who has a very realistic looking fake Twitter account that I fall for that says CBA is negotiated and or there's been so many of those already. I somehow I've missed those. But like, I I think now that like my eyes are going to be fully focused on this, I'm going to believe one and I'll probably end up uh, pre celebrating, you know, getting excited before something is actually signed. But whatever, that's not really, you know, hot take or anything. It's just me. And anticipating how this is going to go, but whatever. Eventually, within the next 10 days, hopefully, we have a deal made. That's all I really have to say now. I just hope I don't fall for something that's very obviously fake, and I just assume it's real. Hey, know thyself. At least you know you're going to fall for it. <laughs> oh, We're going to be ready in the Discord to call you out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, on that, I think we can end the podcast there. Uh, we got our predictions in. Hopefully... Bryson is right. I'm hoping that Jacob and I are both wrong on this. But we will see in 10 days' time. We're going to have an answer as to whether we are missing games or not. So we're going to be eagerly looking forward to that and eagerly looking forward to the next time we record. But until then, you can support our podcast on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash section138pod. You can check us out on social media as well, at section138pod on Instagram and Twitter. On Twitter, we were having some Wordle battles, which I think have been suspended for the time being due to some uh, questionable activity on Jacob's part. Uh, but uh, you can follow us there for everything going on there and follow us on Instagram as well. Then you can also leave us a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Until next week, until we have an answer on whether, whether we're missing games or not, we will catch you Oh,